Lutes. Vials. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow, maybe you won't die alone. Don't be too needy or bring up your ex. Don't say the word herpes simplex. Don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die alone. Everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. And this week's episode is entitled, Just for the Hell of It. Um, <laughs> Zach wanted to do a variety show, and we're doing it just for the hell of it. Um, he's got a bunch of topics he wants to get into, he really wants to talk about, so most of this show is going to be conducted by him, and I'm just coming along for the fucking ride. So ladies and gentlemen, um, please welcome back to The Booch Cast. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Genuinely speaking, I'm not that broke. I will have to say we haven't done this in a while. So let's get to it there, Mr. Vinny Bucci. All right. All right, Zach. Well, uh, you want to do this just for the hell of it, so. Uh, all right, all right, all right. The vi- all right, all right. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, folks, I had to go through a family tragedy that my grandfather Jesse Daryl Scott has passed away don't worry the man it was coming my family knew it I knew it the man had heart attacks a stroke multiple surgeries but he's no longer suffering and then he then he was a definition of a kick-ass grandpa he was he was awesome so grandpa rest in peace he's up there with Jesse right now and my great-grandmother and it sucks but the man was 87 years old and ugh, his health was declining for years so it sucks but what can you do yeah what can you do no there's nothing i can really do about it it sucks i had to go home and did the one thing that helped me cope and guess what that was you drank you smoked you did all the things that annoy people i didn't call you did i thank god no i did and you were like no you did i was like why you You drunk my grandfather passed away you go oh 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 he goes like i don't blame you for that no no you you kind of when a relative dies and somebody's drinking I, i i cut them slack Okay, it's just that's just how it is. I was I was the same way when um when Buff's mom passed away uh last year. Um yeah. 
remember that. Yeah, uh, that you know, most people know that story. Um, you know, we talked. It, it went public eventually. You know, after a while, uh, uh, Judy had been suffering from dementia, and she also caught COVID while she was in the nursing home. That's what happened with my grandfather. He got COVID. Yeah, and I remember uh, Buff and I were the last two people uh, to see Judy alive outside of the nursing staff, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, when she passed, because uh, the night before she died, uh, Buff had a feeling that she was gonna go, so he asked me to take him because at the time he didn't have a car because the transmission in his car was busted so he was in the process of getting a new one so I gave him a ride we drove up there Uh, I parked the car we went in we saw Judy Uh, he did most of the talking obviously I was just there to be I was there for moral support and then after we said goodbye we went and got some dinner and then I dropped him back off at his house I went home Uh, the next day I uh, called Buff see how he was doing and that's when he told me that Judy had passed and obviously he did his um, fair share of uh, drinking during that time and um, a lot of people were worried a lot of people were concerned but the only reason I wasn't is because I knew he got the chance to say goodbye because if he hadn't gotten that chance to say goodbye I would have put him on suicide watch yeah I guess Uh, I would have been deeply concerned if he had not said goodbye but because he got that closure he got that chance to you know say goodbye tell his mom he loved her everything got to hold her hand all that I know he got closure so even though he's still sad I didn't worry about him going off the rails plus as I mentioned before he didn't have a Car. So I wasn't worried about him, you know, potentially getting in his car and getting in an accident. Yeah, so I'm just like, if, you know, if the man wants to drink right now, let him drink. Let him get it out of his system. He's trying to cope with that passing. And then eventually he got, then after he was um, able to, you know, pick the pieces, put the pieces back together, mm-hmm. he was back to normal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. Like, so, so, because usually when Zach calls me and he's drunk, something stupid's about to fucking happen. <laughs> I, I know it is. Because we are on Zach about his drinking, but not because he's an alcoholic. It's because when he gets too drunk, he is a belligerent fucking ass. More than an asshole than I usually am. It's worse. It's way it's worse. worse. It's much worse. It's possible. It's to the point where everybody in the group hates it. Well, uh, when I came over Friday night, I was like, I was like, yeah, you didn't care because I got drunk, but you kept on talking. Like, I gotta go piss. Nope, oh, five, ten minutes later. That was the only... <laughs> That was my only complaint. Because it's like, Jesus Christ, what are you, pregnant? <laughs> the fuck? It's like, I'll be right back. It's like, Jesus, what's wrong with you? I gotta go pee. It's like, you were in a deep conversation. It's like, hold that thought. It's like, this is what happened. Like, oh, one more second. Like, oh, God damn it, Zach. It's like, the t- I'm trying to tell a fucking story here and I have to pause because you gotta piss. I'm like, I almost wish I had a bathroom in the fucking garage. <laughs> this is why, I, this is, I'm gonna tell you right now, this is why I fucking hate when people are like, you know, if you want to smoke, you got to go in the garage. I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> I fucking hate it. That's why I'm glad I got this studio, and I'm glad I got a bedroom across there. I smoke in here. I'm not doing this upstairs, downstairs shit. Fuck that to death. I'm not fucking doing it. I fucking, I hate it. I have I hate to do it, it at my house. I have to go outside every Well, time. you got roommates, and they're anal or whatever, but I'm saying, I have a room, and I... <laughs> And I pay rent now, so I'm smoking in this yeah, goddamn room. Yeah. I'm smoking in this goddamn room, all right? I won't do it in the living room. I won't do it anywhere else. But I got two rooms that are mine. And if I want to smoke in the room, I smoke in the room. You smoke in the room. I smoke in the room. Smoke in the room. Okay? Simple as that. Simple, 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 simple. But yeah, guys, uh, i tell you the truth. When I hear a joke my grandfather told me one time, it's pretty funny. Sure, go ahead. Okay, okay. He goes like, hey, Zach, you want to hear a joke? He's like, yeah, okay. I was like, there's this guy. Went up to his 
dad. It's like, Dad, I finally did it. I lost my virginity. He was like, all right, all right, good for you. Good for your son. And, and for some strange reason, he says, well, yeah, I lost your virginity. I promise I'll get you that bike. So I'm like, what kind of color do you want? Oh, well, right. Well, he goes, Dad, can we wait a week or two? He's like, yeah, son. Why's that? My ass still hurts. Wow. And guess what shows he used to like to watch with me? He liked to watch that 70s show. Okay. And one show, for some strange-ass reason, he got into, he watched with me with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? Yeah, my grandpa goes, my grandmother goes, why? My grandpa goes, my my grandmother's name is Melody. Melody, Melody, Melody. Hear me out, wife. He goes, usually these type of movies, and he explained it like, he's usually the big bad monster hurting the little blonde cheerleader. And he goes, that this is the really pretty blonde cheerleader is beating, the, beating up the bad guys. It, and she goes, oh, okay. And I'm sitting there going like this right here. It's like, well, I also, it's like, it's an attractive girl beating up the bad dudes. What's not attractive about that? Yeah, I can see that. But it's weird because when I was a kid, I, I'll be honest, even to this day, I never got into that show. Never watched it. Didn't care to watch it. I had a friend, I had a friend who was a huge fan of it. I was a huge fan of it. But I didn't know. It sounded like, I, and the thing is, I didn't even really know as a kid what Buffy the Vampire Slayer was. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like, a, a, it sounded so stupid when my friend explained it to me. I didn't find out till years later that it was Sarah Michelle Gellar as a woman fighting all these people. I thought it was like like one of those like uh, Prince Valiant type of films it or something. It wasn't like that. I, 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 as a kid, I thought that because I'm, I'm a kid and I'm stupid and I don't have... And back then, we didn't have the internet where we could Google shit. No. And plus, uh, we also didn't have on-demand either. So no, we when we usually, usually when Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on, I'm off doing other things. And that's the thing about TV. We had... We, that's how crazy we are our childhood was uh-huh. if you missed this an episode on tv you missed you it. just never it. saw it nope. you had to be by some miracle wait for that episode mm-hmm. to fucking come back on tv it's not called streaming we didn't have that you fucking motherfuckers you okay i wasn't taking it that far but my my point is back then like that, that's a weird thing like you just if, if you missed an episode you just missed it you were fucked. You were fucked. Like you could you could watch an episode like like Boy Meets World, for example. You could watch an episode where Corey and Topanga are dating. You could miss three episodes. To find out they broke up. And they broke up. Like, wait a minute, what the hell? <laughs> and then you're going through the breakup, then you miss a week, you come back, they're back together again. Like, what the fuck? That just happened. And for all you know, and then you think, and then you think, and then because again, you're watching this, sometimes you think that you think this episode came before this, but then you realize, no, that was a rerun of last week. That's the thing I love about binge, and some people, like I binge watch a lot of old classic shows now like on Netflix and Hulu and this is the reason why Why? because I discover when things actually happened now I'm I'm, like for example recently because I was waiting for another show to come out that we're going to talk about also on the show Mm -hmm. I was right now currently on Hulu a classic show that I am binge watching right now is Scrubs. I I became a fan of Scrubs later in life, and I was a fan of Scrubs for one reason and one reason alone. Dr. Cox. That is the only reason I watch this show, because I love his rants. I have never related to a character more in life. Which one's that again? Dr. Cox. Perry Cox. The mentor to JD. Oh, like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Hello there, Susan. Nice to see you. Nice to see you finally got some lowrider jeans yeah, over there. Yeah, and- did you Did you actually... Now, you actually have to be confused with somebody who gives a crap. Not to worry. It's a common mistake. My father made the same mistake on his deathbed. <laughs> Now, you probably wondering, am I ever going to go hang out with you? The answer is no, not at all. Negatory, not going to happen. No chance, Lance. No way, Jose. And of course, my personal favorite, man falling off a cliff. No!
And the same thing happened to me at work uh, the other day there, man. We'll go back to the next subject here. So, like, I am a drinker, like Vinny says, and I work with a bunch of high school and college kids. Yeah. So all the college kids, hey, Red, I heard you like to drink. I was like, I go, and the first one, like, uh-oh. I was like, yes. It's like, you want to come to a bar with us? I was like, what bar? And he, guess what bar? And they were fucking with me. Let's go drinking at Applebee's. And I go, Applebee's? I was like, no. Okay, want to go here? I was like, no. Why not? And I say this. I'm sorry. I do not drink with children. And he just looked at me like I insulted. I was like, I'm sorry. And I said this. And Benny can vouch for it. Benny, what happens to people when they come out drinking with me? It's never fun. It's it, never fun. Let, it, me, let me emphasize, never fun. What's your question? And, 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 and who learned that mistake many, 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 many years ago? You mean besides me? Yeah, you. Okay, besides me. Yes, besides you. Okay. Um, We had a friend named Corey. And we. And by the way, Corey, if you're listening, we love you, man. Uh, we think we heard you getting married. Congratulations. No, he already um, is married. He's oh, he is married? Oh, he's having a kid. Oh, he's a girl. Congratulations on the kid. Baby girl. Congratulations. Shout out to you. Um, However, at one point, we were all... Because this, this is the story of how Zach and I met. We met at the Roswell Hooters. Because we used to watch wrestling there regularly back in the day when wrestling was on pay-per-view. This is before the WWE Network. This is before the Peacock. This is before all that shit. When you still had to order the pay-per-views. And I found a place that did them once a month. So December 2009, I went there for TLC. And the only place that was available to sit was on the back patio. So I ended up going there. And that's where I met Corey and Zach and the twins and Frank and Kathy and Tiffany and Elvis. Uh, I met a variety of people. Well, Elvis wasn't really in the group. He just sat by himself. He eventually became part of the group yeah because zach would always end up sitting near me when he couldn't find any room over there and <laughs> elvis and i would have to listen to this belligerent jackass well elvis enjoyed it you did it no because you were fucking awful man <laughs> you I, I don't know i can't i can't remember i know there's a reason i liked you i knew the drinking wasn't one of the reasons <laughs> there's reasons why i liked you the drinking wasn't one of them but i think it's because you loved wrestling so much and it was nice to be around people who loved pro wrestling because i didn't see a a lot of those people. I had a lot of friends. Some of them liked wrestling. A lot of them didn't. Yeah. So true. that was the. So it was nice to be around like-minded wrestling fans. And you guys were passionate. Y'all had fun. And there were some crazy fucking moments at Hooters. Oh, we'll Holy tell some. Shit. We, I don't mind telling a couple. But anyway, to answer the question, at one point, Corey wanted to drink with Zach. Uh-oh. And, of course, Zach is being all cool and stuff. And then there, Zach's talking shit about how much he can drink. Because Zach loves to talk shit about how much he can drink. And Corey said one phrase, and as soon as he said that phrase, literally everyone in the group was like, oh my god, I can't believe he said that. And Corey said, I'll drink with you. And of course, Zach, uh, at that point, you can finish the story. And I was like, I was like, uh, I don't know about that. And, and you say, like, that's not a good idea. Bree says, that's not a good idea. And Elvis says, that's not a good idea. The poor man had one beer and a half a shot. I need to go home. I'm like, are you kidding me? And you go like, you come over to me. Really? I go, what? And you go, really? It was like, he wanted to. I did not force him because like, he might as well put it in his hand. Quote, courtesy of Friday. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I did not make him. He wanted to. And at the end, I did feel pretty bad. I was like, uh-oh. I'm in yeah. trouble. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you can't. You can't. Drinking with Zach. And here's the thing. You can drink with Zach and not have to compete with him. That's why I thought it was awkward, but you're definitely not going to drink him under the table. I think the only person in the group could probably do that is either Steven or Elvis. I'm not saying I'm the greatest drinker. I'm no Andre the Giant, and I'm not, I'm, no. But if you, you know drink, John Cena? Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, I heard Chris Jericho could show up, too. Yeah. 
Well, he's and Jericho actually said Cena's the only one that's ever drank him under the table was John Cena. Mm, challenge accepted. Now I would lose that fucking. I would lose that within what thirty minutes. Yeah, that's because they were because they were drinking at a bar. This was in um, Alaska, and Jericho told this story when he did the. They were doing the uh, when Jericho had his little talk show that was similar to the Stone Cold podcast. Yeah, like he had live with Chris Jericho, yeah. and one of the episodes he had John Cena on, and they were telling a story about you know how they were in Alaska and they're drinking at this bar and there was a couple that were talking to John Cena mm-hmm. and they were actually thinking about getting a divorce. They hadn't they hadn't filed any papers yet, but their marriage was so miserable they were getting a divorce and they wanted advice from Cena. So Cena goes, leaves the table, goes and sits with this couple for a moment. Jericho's watching from their table. They talk for a, a good hour or so and then eventually after that conversation was over and, a Jer- and Cena said he was so drunk he didn't remember exactly what he said, but he knows that when the conversation was over, that couple decided not to get a divorce. Hey! The marriage savior, good old John, even though he's not married, is he? He is. Oh, okay. He got married. I can't I don't know too much about his wife, but they had a private, they got married in 2020. Okay. They had like, they got like a justice of the peace marriage because back then you couldn't have big weddings because of pandemic. But afterwards, when they were able to, you know, have big gatherings again, they did eventually have a ceremony where family could come. Okay. So Cena is currently married. Okay. But his wife is not in the public eye. And Cena has made it a mission to keep her out of the public eye as much as possible. Now, he knows it's not realistic to completely do that because obviously if they go out in public, people are going to take pictures or want to interview. Or when he's on the red carpet for premieres, his wife's going to be there with him. Yeah. So you're going to see pictures of her. Yeah. But Cena's not doing any reality shows and bringing him on there because he thinks that that was a big thing that caused his breakup with uh, Nikki. Okay. Because they were in a genuine relationship. But he thinks that the reality TV and the cameras in the face was not good for them. Also, it didn't help Cena because everybody made fun of Cena and his house rules and... Everyone thought Cena was an asshole because he didn't want to... At one point, he did not want to get married to Nikki. Eventually, he changed his mind because they proposed at WrestleMania. Uh, We were there. But he was adamant about not wanting to get married. But Cena's whole defense for that, because there was this big intervention with the family, they were basically telling him, like, look, if you're not going to marry Nicole, you might as well, you know, let her go. And Cena was like, look, I said that to her when we started dating. It's not like I strung her along and said, oh, we're going to get married, we're going to get married, we're going to get married, and then pulled the rug out from under her. Mm -hmm. He made it clear from Jump Street he did not want to get married because he was married before for like four years, and he got divorced, and it did not go well for him. And usually when men get divorced, they very seldom want to get remarried. You have to be an amazing fucking woman to get a man to get married a second time, unless that guy's an idiot. Very true. And Cena was like saying if we got married, he was going to have prenups galore. And which women don't like to hear that. And that's a red flag to me. Because women don't like prenups because they sit there going, you don't trust me? Okay, first of all, no. (laughs) And here's why. Because as we get older, people grow, people change. Who's to say that if we have an angry breakup, you're not going to take everything I have out of anger? Like, I don't need your money. I don't want your money. I can make my own money. I'm sure you can. But I know in divorce, people like to hit you where it hurts. Very true. That's why they let they want to take every bit of money you got. It's why they use kids as a weapon. 
It's why they, because that's usually what it's about whenever you see custody battles. It's not even about what's best for the kid. It's about, I want to hurt the other person. It's fucked up. And it's that kind of fucked upness that makes people not want to get married in the first damn place. Everybody thinks, oh, men don't want, men don't want to get married because they just want to fuck everything that moves and they don't want to commit to everything. Not all of us want to do that. Here's the thing. There are some guys who want to do that, but there are some guys who don't want to get married because they genuinely fear divorce. And I say that as a man who is genuinely scared of divorce. I'm more scared of that than anything else on the planet Earth. Because as a guy in divorce court, it is an uphill battle. Any guy who wins in divorce court deserves a fucking medal of honor. You deserve a purple heart from the president if you are able to win in divorce court. Or even win in a custody battle for that matter. Because those are all designed to fuck with men. Because here's how fucked up it is. Not only do you end up paying an insane amount of money that is unrealistic for any man to pay, you're paying your own lawyer fees and you end up paying your wife's legal fees. You're paying the lawyer to fuck you over. It is that fucking hectic and it gets that crazy. And Cena's big thing about getting the prenup was not just to protect himself though. Here's the key thing, and they mention this towards the end of the episode where Cena brings up the prenup. He confronts Nikki about this. He goes, look, do you think my parents own the house they're living in? And Nicole goes, yeah. And Cena says, she doesn't. You know who bought that house for her? I did. Because Cena's one of those guys that after he got, you know, fucking rich, well, they ask him how much money he just says, and his answer, he gives the, the, the uh, humble answer, I'm eating right. <laughs> but he's makes good, he's making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And that's before he got into Hollywood. Yeah, true. Before he got to Hollywood, he was making good ass fucking money. Because he, and now of course, he also treats himself, he's got a, he got a car collection, and sure he bought, he, he buys some frivolous things, because you're gonna do that if you make a lot of money. Yeah, but true. also, he's got property. True. But he also took care of his family. He's helped his parents get a house. He's helped his brothers. He's got one brother who's basically a professional loafer, he says. Sometimes he hooks him up. But he also takes care of his family. And he doesn't want any of that being jeopardized if a divorce should happen. And that's really what it is, you know? And that's the thing. Guys, that's really what it is. We don't want to give up half our shit. And here's the thing, ladies. It doesn't matter if a guy has a million dollars in the bank or if he has one dollar in the bank. He doesn't want to go through that shit. Now, that there's a difference though. Let's say you got 20 million dollars mm-hmm. and you end up giving somebody 10 million mm-hmm. it's for goddamn ridiculous but at least you're not starving true but if you make 30,000 and the girl wants 15,000 that's some bullshit mm-hmm. or if you got a dollar and it's like I gotta give this person 50 cents you'd be upset like that's what it's all about protecting themselves and that's ultimately the big issue that's why like guys fear divorce because they know it's the kiss of death that's why when I always laugh at certain things when I hear like this guy who killed his wife and he said, well, if you wanted to end the relationship, why didn't you just get a divorce? Because of all the hell they go through. Believe me, it's easier to kill the bitch than it is to get a divorce. Because you can't just get a divorce and go, all right, you go that way, I go that way, here's your shit, here's my shit, let's go. No, it's years of being in court, dividing up everything, getting all these assets, getting all this stuff that everyone thinks they're entitled to. Yeah. It's goddamn ridiculous, and it makes the whole process not worth it. I look at... I look at some people who, who are married and I'm like, y'all are taking the biggest gamble of your lives. I've always said this when it comes to marriage. For men, it's a gamble. For 
women, it's a second retirement plan. It's an extra 401k that you can cash in literally anytime you want. There are couples who get married for 20, 30 years and call it quits. Okay? It's it's insanity. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the reason why I'm scared to get married. Yeah, I'm scared too, which is probably never going to happen to us. But otherwise than that, okay... Enough about marriage and divorce. Let's talk about something that we watched yesterday that was absolutely fantastic, even though it was really, 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 really long and a superb movie, and that was the Elvis Presley movie. Yes. That was so good. <laughs> I was I was watching, I was like, I was like, and we're watching, it was all part in that one scene that you and I just started looking at each other when he first performed in that pink suit. See, Vinny, people do some guys do look good in pink. He didn't. First of all, first of all, Zachariah, let's let's clarify this shit right now. He did not look good in pink. He did not. The people weren't going crazy because he was wearing pink. The only reason Elvis pulled it off was because of the wiggle of the hips. <laughs> the wiggle of the hips. And the girls going fucking crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. All the girls were like, he was like, really? And all the girls were like, ah! like holy shit he's sex on wheels oh yeah come on baby i want to play a house with you that's literally think about this he's wearing a pink suit bright pink bright pink got makeup on his face and he's singing a song about wanting to play house like he's a fucking toddler, but because he's shaking his pelvis and he's got the gift of he got the gift of uh, gyrating, the girls went fucking crazy. They didn't even give a shit that he could sing. Because <laughs> I mean, and, and now don't get me wrong, Elvis could definitely sing. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But that's literally what he's doing. He's like, come on, baby, I wanna play house with you. Dun, 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 dun. I wanna play house with you. Yeah, and everybody, and I also looked it up that Elvis still to this day has sold way more albums than Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, I didn't know he was this huge. I was like, I was like, good God, and the Austin Butler, chef's kiss. But also, it was really funny that Tom Hanks actually plays somewhat of a bad guy. That's weird to see. He was an asshole. But if it wasn't for Tom Parker, whatever his name, the world would not know. America and the world would not know who Elvis Presley was if it wasn't for that man right there. He says, like, everybody thinks I killed Elvis. I did not kill Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley basically killed himself. All the pills, all the partying, all the bad food he was eating, everything else. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that contributed to Elvis' death. The reason they say he killed him was because he worked him like a dog. That's true. That's the thing he was using the pills and everything to cope with shit he was also like they were injecting him with stuff to get him energized because he said all that matters is that that man gets on that stage tonight like that's what he's thinking his health is developing they're literally telling him he needs to go to a hospital he needs to be in the hospital but all he's thinking is get that man on that stage and even his dad who was the business manager was like get him on there although i kind of felt sorry for the dad Mm-hmm. I don't feel sorry for Colonel Parker at all. Let me make that very clear. No. I'm talking about his dad. Elvis's dad. Because on the one hand, he's sitting here going, this is my son. But on the other hand, he's also the business manager, you know? So you have a business stake and a personal stake in this whole situation, and that can be conflicting. And I know that as someone who works with somebody, and I have a personal and a business stake in that. So I can understand the dad's conundrum there. That was the big confusion. I can I can see that. Yeah. But Colonel Parker was, was nuts. Yeah, true. He was taking an insane amount of money from Elvis, more than any manager should ever get. Because or, or, or touring manager, because he was getting like fifty percent. Yeah. No, and and anybody will tell you in this business, very rarely no one takes more than ten. At best, fifteen. 
Yeah, that's true. Because that was the deal that I got when I first started working with Buff. Was I made fifteen percent? That's my cut. So and we've we, and he's honored that every time. But this dude was taking like fifty, fifty percent of everything Elvis made, and the dude had a gambling addiction. Oh, he had a huge gambling addiction. And to the point where he got Elvis that residency in the hotel just to pay off his gambling debts. Like they were gonna give Elvis five million dollars, a million dollars a year to perform here. And they also said they would take, they would relieve his gambling debts and give him an unlimited line of credit. There you go. And all he had to do was make sure Elvis got on that stage. And then you find out that the guy is an illegal immigrant, and that's yep. why he was, um, you know, fucking up his overseas tours and all that. And oh, by the way, um, in case you're wondering why I didn't say spoiler alert beforehand, this is the Boochcast. You should know by now we do spoilers. We do spoilers. So, but I just wanted to interject that for a second. So they find out that because he wanted to go overseas and share his content with, and share his uh, music with the world. But eventually they were able to do that via satellite by one of the biggest, highest rated satellite broadcast concerts in history. Yes, yeah, true. But he wanted to actually tour and go overseas. And then eventually at certain points he was making like certain political statements which were great. Yeah, that's true as well. And then you see the part where, and this is how crazy it was. And I remember my mom telling me about this, but she didn't tell me how serious it was. What's that? The fact that him shaking his pelvis mm -hmm. was controversial. Yeah, it was controversial. Like, like my mom used to tell the story that when it got so controversial, that whenever he's on television, they would always film him from the waist up. He, you never got to see below the belt unless you were at the concert because that's how bad it was. And then there was like this senator that wanted to do it. And you're trying to figure out why people didn't like the pelvis shaking. And it's not just because it was sexual. Mm -hmm. That was that that wasn't even the reason. The reason was because he was they saw him as a white man dancing like a black man. Yeah. And they didn't and back then racism was still Yeah. A lot was very much alive. Like that, shit. that one senator, what the hell is this? This is evil dancing like him. You automatically knew what word he's gonna say. Yeah. And pulls it out and, and he pull, it, it turns off the TV. He pissed off a lot of people, but this was also a, a, a turning point for America. The Watergate, John Lennon getting, no, not him. Uh, John Kennedy. John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. And we, what we didn't know that he was actually really good friends with B.B. King. Yeah, him and B.B. King were like brothers, practically. So, and he was trying to convince him because he said, look, he said, he said they wanted him to stop dancing like that because they were going to put him in jail. And he said, and he goes, dude, you, you're, you. A rich, you're a rich and famous white boy. They won't put you in jail. They'll arrest you for crossing the street, but they're not going to put a rich white boy in jail. <laughs> it's like, they got to be in a, they make, people make too much money off you to lock you up. Pretty much. Colonel's got a different reason. And here's a funny thing. And it's and, and I and here's what I liked about that scene. It was a moment where they made white privilege funny. <laughs> in a good in a funny comedic way. Like BB King was saying that, but he wasn't trying to get like he wasn't saying like he was mad at him and his whiteness and all that. He was just saying, nah dude, you you a white boy. They gonna put you in jail. And they can laugh about that. That's that's a solid friendship right there. That that is like that is like PC woke shit yeah. done right. That's how you make it funny. That's how you make it entertaining. You're saying it in a way to where, hey, this is accurate, but I'm not going to blame you or shame you or hate on you because you have it. I'm not bitter or jealous towards you. 
But at the same time, you were a rich white boy. They ain't gonna put you in jail. And did you know that one of those hippie guys uh, was Zac Efron? Oh, shit, it was? That was I was like thinking, I was looking up, like, wait a minute, I know him. That's Zac Efron. I didn't even admit it. I didn't even think about it. I was like, that's Zac Efron. I was like, okay. And these guys, and he finally said, his character, like, screw that Tom Parker guy. Get back to your roots. Be Elvis Presley. He said, you need to see, here comes Santa Claus here. I was like, it was like, Elvis Presley? No. I was like, he's like, screw that. I was like, let me see what I want to sing and says if I can't move I can't I can't perform and the album I was watching I was like I was like looking at him at least they got a guy awesome that can look like Elvis Presley and here's the thing seeing Elvis Presley what's the one rule don't lip sing the fucking king I was like don't you lip sing the king don't you lip sing well, the sometimes king. you have to in takes but if you have the voice and you can do it it works yeah and then you say that his daughter said that was a prime example of my father right there no Lisa Marie was asked in an interview and she said it was the best portrayal of her father in a movie ever. Think about all the Elvis Presley movies that have come out where an actor's played Elvis. Like any biopic kind of shit. Yeah. Think about anybody that's ever played Elvis in other movies that featured other people like Johnny mm -hmm. Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis. She said that was the best portrayal of Elvis ever and no one would know that better than her own daughter. Yeah. Than his own daughter. Than his own daughter. Yeah, I thought this movie did good. In the box office it could it did over $230 million I was like, it could have done a bit more than that. But otherwise than that, I was like, don't disappoint me. And lo and behold, it sure as hell disappoint. That was one long fucking movie, though. It was, yeah, it didn't disappoint It at did all. not disappoint. It was, it was fucking amazing. It goes, it goes amazing. How he became the king. And I wish he was still, he'd probably be 80-something years old, but he died too young. And it was just, he just, his lifestyle and his health, he didn't give a shit. And look what happened. But otherwise than that, that movie was actually fantastic. And what's funny is that Forrest Gump and Elvis Presley reunited. Exactly. It's kind of <laughs> cool. But here's the here's the cool thing though about this was you know they were talking about getting back to his roots because they tried to change him up because they wanted him to stop doing the swinging stuff. So he was gonna do like you know you ain't nothing but a hound dog and they unexpectedly put a dog on stage yeah. and basically made fun of the South and everybody because people got offended him and Elvis said why couldn't they told me I could have did a skit I could have made it funny I could have made it cool man they just sprung that on me and maybe they're laughing talking now he's angry and he's pissed off because on the one hand he doesn't want to do this shit but on the other hand they, he's got a family support you know and that's the that's the internal struggle right there where you want to do your thing you want to be yourself but at the same time you know that you can't upset sponsors that's you true. can't upset you know other people because if you crumble you lose everything and that was like it reminded me of that that argument i won't get too deep into this i'm just as a, as a side example when steve harvey and monique were arguing on his show and you know monique was trying to be all rebellious and go off on people and steve harvey's like look you're going about this the wrong way she said and you said look i can't flex like that because i got family i got a wife i got kids i got grandchildren i can't allow my family to crumble and lose everything just to make a statement and that's true so you had that conundrum then elvis eventually just decided he went out there on stage and basically said you know i'm evil uh, i can't remember the exact the rest of the song yeah but i, I think remember it was like one of his last big performances he basically says tom parker fuck this hotel and fuck you too you're fired no no that was at the end towards the end this was when he was this is when 
when he decided to be the rebel and go against that whole top hat tails and everything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that outdoor concert. That outdoor concert. Was kind of a riot, and he he almost got arrested. I was like, they want to put me in jail, but just for singing. I was like, in the back no. of my head, I was like, Elvis, this is a different, very, very different time. No, they're not. They don't want to put you in jail for singing. They want to put you in jail for swinging your hips. But instead, they put him in Vietnam, and he went to Germany for two years, and then eventually, you know, he came back. His mom died while he was away, and you know the family was taken care of and then everything else so then eventually he did all that then he did the then he had a, a christmas special with no christmas songs he did his old classic stuff came out in the leather jacket i which i love that that was a saturday night special for what my grandmother told me it was like what's that right there and she goes she looks at me that right there my dear grandson said that was a saturday night special it was absolutely fantastic he was supposed to do all these christmas songs but he basically said screw it and kept on playing the other songs and everything else and he played a bunch of classical songs. He basically said, I'm not going to do this. I want to do this my way. I mean, he even do Blue Christmas, which he should have done. But it did it. Otherwise than that, guys, this movie was fantastic. It's on HBO Max. Please, please, please check it out. I mean, Austin Butler did a great job. Zach Efron was in it. And a lot of people are in it that you would, you would know. That senator was a prick. And during that time, guys, like I said, it was a very, 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 very difficult time. And uh, yeah, fantastic movie. I suggest you guys check it out well uh he did not grow up in uh mississippi he grew up in uh, tennessee no scratch that it was not tennessee he was raised in uh, mississippi and while his mother was so protective over him because he was supposed to be a twin brother when they, they were born his first brother i don't know i forgot his name passed away at childbirth but all of a sudden elvis was aka a miracle baby and as you know that uh his mom did die when he was stationed over there and um the reason why she just drank too much uh, that's maybe hurt that on that otherwise not it was absolutely fantastic and everything else Alrighty then moving on all right zach if we're gonna move on uh what's next on your list last night after we got everything done at 11 30 at night Benny and i Basically bench watch till 6.30 morning, the brand new season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> and I will have to say, fan-fucking-tastic right there. I was like, okay, they started off good. I enjoyed living hell out of this. I was going to watch it when I got home, but I got probably more stuff to watch. It's a nice spec to bench watch the living shit out of this, but we did. Yeah, I mean, um, here's the thing. Cobra Kai is not really something we discussed on the Boochcast. Not really. The closest we ever came to talking about it was when John was on the show. Yeah. And he was talking about how cool Cobra Kai is. And at one point before he had, you know, left the show, we had considered doing a Cobra Kai, like, review. Like, kind of like how Elvis and I did Big Mouth or you and I did Arrow and, you know, Supernatural and shit like that. Also, um, Lucifer too. Yeah. So I'm saying we were, I was going to have John on and Rhiannon at the time and have them talk about Cobra Kai. But sadly, we never got around to that. But, um, this was an insane yeah this was insane fucking season like overall i will say i am loving cobra kai yeah yeah cobra kai is really really good as everybody knows that dan de russo and johnny lawrence are the original people are in it and what was so really said that Dana Russell became a, a sort of a douche and Johnny Lawrence was like down out of his luck 
But one of my favorite scenes in it was the very first scenes where you actually see, uh, get to see him fight. He goes like, and these bullies were messing with this one kid, Miguel, and he was like, like, dude, and he, and he put one of those bullets, pushed him. And he was like, uh, dude, you pick him, you're messing with the dude on the wrong day and beats the crap out of him. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I was like, okay, I was like, if people like John Lawrence you know they can fight and beat the shit out of you. Why would you want to? Fuck with him. Um, because they think because he's old that he can't fight or whatever. Like, I'll, uh, that's the thing about younger kids. They think because they're young and they sprung, they can beat the shit out of you. That's why they always. That's why like every movie, whenever there's like an old timey boxer coming out of retirement, it's like, so like you ain't got what it takes, old man. And the old man's looking at you like, I've forgotten more than you know. <laughs> Rocky. That's the thing. Rocky. But this is the thing that other people don't understand about older people is that they have more experience they know what to do what not to do you still a kid trying to learn trying to learn shit every every stupid thing you're about to do I already did. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I've I seen, and all the seasons were good. I have to say, John is my favorite character out of everybody here. He really is. You know, in all the uh, the first original crowd movie, he was a dick. But they got all the original people back. They got crazy. Hell, they even brought the the ponytail prick Terry Sever. That is one conniving motherfucker. Yeah, he's conniving, but he's also not the type of dude to fuck with. Cause yeah. I think he was so tall. That was the problem. He was, he knows. How to fight and uh it was great and then we watched every single fucking episode i was like god damn you Vinny. And, well here's the thing we were gonna see how far we could go and as we got closer and closer to the end we were still wide awake it's not like we were it's not like we were nodding off in between episodes and having to rewind i mean there were times we had to rewind but only because dude that was funny i gotta hear that again like that or zach you missed this i gotta you gotta see this yeah like that was really what we were doing but we were wide awake. We were able to check it out, and it was and it was great, you know. That's but here's very, what, very true. But here's what I love about Cobra Kai. This is what I really truly love about this show is they have blended the nostalgia with the new cast perfectly, and that's what a reboot like this is supposed to do. Naturally, you're going to have new people that are going to come in to fill the the void, and the new cast, the majority of the storylines are going to revolve around your new cast. But you got to bring the old guys back and blend them perfectly and that's what they do. You know, they told, you know, most of it was telling the story of Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso. Daniel LaRusso, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, they had, they did not like each other in the old Karate Kid movies. No, they did not. They didn't. Now, you know, Johnny was the bully. Some people say Daniel was the bully. There's those conspiracy theories on TV. Yep. And people have their sides. Yes, they do. That's why it was funny to see Daniel be kind of a douche in the Cobra Kai. Yes. And then the same about the whole, I beat him with the crane kick. It's illegal. No, it's not. You know, the there's the whole debate there. Yeah. And they were, because they were also making fun of the fan fiction and the conspiracies. They were having fun with it. And then, you know, Johnny Lawrence decides to bring back Cobra Kai. And Daniel becomes paranoid. Yeah. Because he remembers Cobra Kai for what it was. Under John Kreese, it was a terrible dojo. Because it, it was teaching kids to be bullies. You know, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, like... Things you shouldn't teach kids, you know? And they were trying to like, and, and Kreese, you know, was basically the villain. He was the asshole. That's how we all remembered that story. Yeah, that's true. But then you remember after the end of the second one, they show Kreese yelling at Johnny Lawrence, calling him a loser, trying to choke him out. And then eventually um, Miyagi stepped in and basically embarrassed him. Yeah, I remember that. Because he goes to punch him and he breaks his hand in the glass. And then he's on his knees. He goes, mercy is for the weak. And he goes, we don't spend it. And then does the... 
Yeah, and then does the, the, the that thing with the hawk and lets him go and then decides to walk away. But he also, Miyagi used to say, no such thing as bad student, only bad teacher. That's very, yeah. yeah. Student do bad because teacher teach bad. Yeah, that's true. Like, and, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's like it almost reminded me because I I hadn't released. I mean, I've seen the Karate Kid, but not from. I never saw it from beginning to end. I always saw like bits and pieces of it. So the first time I ever heard that phrase, ironically, was in Pokemon. Yeah, and it was the episode where the where they get stranded on an island. Yeah, and it's like Pikachu, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle all by themselves. And there's actually subtitles where you understand what the fuck they're saying. So here, Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu. I mean, you Pikachu, hear Pikachu. it, but they got subtitles for what that means. Okay. So Pika Pika. So then Meowth's basically saying, "Let's go get them." And they're like, we're not going to fight them. Why not? And he goes, why not? And he's like, no one's telling us to. So we're cool with that. They're like, but we're bad Pokemon. He's like, no, we're not. Like, what do you mean? There's no such thing as a bad Pokemon. He goes, Pokemon do bad things because Master bad. There you go. That's the difference. Pokemon themselves are not evil or good. It's the trainer says do this and the Pokemon does it because you're yeah. obeying your master. It's the same thing in karate. You have the student is learning from the teacher. The teacher's teaching you something. That's why they're bad. So they were trying to do all that stuff. And then you see, so you see Johnny and Daniel trying to bury the hatchet eventually after they go through all this fighting and all this drama. You find out Johnny has a long lost son named Robbie and Robbie go, is like just a prick throughout most of this. Miguel's being bullied. He goes to Cobra Kai, redeems himself. And that's what you see in this movie. I mean, the show is all of the is like the circle. Yeah, that's it goes true. full circle. Like the bullies join Cobra Kai, get revenge on their bullies, but always get drunk with power. Very true. And they become the bullies themselves and realize they're just as bad as the guys who bullied them. And then sometimes they turn good but get bullied again. And like it's it's a never ending cycle. And then and John here's the thing about Johnny when he recreated Cobra Kai, he had good intentions. He didn't want to do what Kreese did. Yeah, that's true. He want he was being tough, but he's being tough for the right reasons. You know, but then Kreese comes back and Kreese wants to do Cobra Kai back in his image. Johnny does it. Kreese eventually turns on Johnny. Yeah. But what's cool is all the cameos that come through. Like Johnny at one point hangs out with his old gang. Yeah, yeah, that one one of his old friends dying at that campsite. That was sad. Well, that's because he had cancer, so they were like, let's just go out and have some fun. And then real life that dude actually did have cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's why like, they, saw, that's like, why they uh, put it into the story. And that one of my funniest scenes is he goes like when he goes to the church. <laughs> it's like Johnny was drunk. I was like, "What are you gonna do about it?" The preacher goes, <sighs> puts his mic down, and goes, hmm, and knocks him out. It's like, like good punch for a priest. He goes like, "I'm a preacher, not a priest." <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was um, when he's on the phone. Yeah. Because these um, these guys are coming in and they're like, uh, "Yes, we're we're the Cobra Kai Karate Dojo," uh, and yes, we accept both boys and girls. Gender flu... What? This is a prank phone call. <laughs> They're trying to say, well, my kid is gender fluid. <laughs> Johnny's like, what the fuck is gender fluid? And uh, another thing was, is like, Creasy was talking to Terry Silver when they first meet up. It's like, like back in the day, the Terry Silver I know was round kicked that guy that called Cobra Kai adorable. And I said, as soon as that part, I was like, meh. <laughs> if somebody said, called the Boochcast adorable, I'm going to look. I'm like, can I hit him? And he'd be like, no. And then he'd be like, no, Zach, you can't hit him. But I just want to hit him. I was like, no, Zach, you can't hit him. Well, it depends on how they're saying it. Like, they're saying it's an adorable podcast. If they love it, that's cool. But they're saying, oh, that's adorable. Punch him as hard as you can. Because that's condescending. But yeah, so they're doing all that. And of course, Terry Silver comes back. He becomes just as evil. You see John Kreese. And here's the cool thing about Kreese. He starts going through, he starts feeling remorse after realizing what a prick he is. And then Silver beats up Stingray. 
Mm-hmm. Frames crease. Yep. And Stingray, that dude is literally like a grown adult that wants to be in Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Like his his uh, friends, like his neighbors calling him out for being a loser and he beats the shit out of him. And he actually did learn karate and took it seriously. Mm-hmm. That was like, that was like, I think the last episode of last night. Yeah. And he goes like, like, oh no, please don't be a comedy actor. Like, and he comes up, he calls up the stairs and beats the shit out of him. And you and I just look at each other, that wasn't a comedy act, now, was it? And you just like, did that just actually happen? Because <laughs> Stingray's literally been the comic relief of the show. So that is I'm, true. So, and I have seen movies, like, and that's the thing I've noticed about a lot of comedic movies. You know, movies that, like, like for example, like Paul Blart Mall Cops, for example. Ugh. Or something like that. Where they'll be, or even like uh, Get Smart, which the Corral. Here's the thing. There'll be a moment where they're in a where there, where there's something serious going on, mm-hmm. but just for the hell of it, they have to throw a random comedy moment in there because it's comedic. And here's the thing. I understand comedy and making people laugh, but towards the end of the movie, when we're getting to a serious moment, we don't need it there. We didn't need it there. No, we did it. Like you know, like for example, when like um like at one point um I, I think it was like in Beverly Hills Ninja where oh, yeah. where it's it's the end of it and it's uh Chris Farley and I'm just gonna call. Luke Kang, they don't know his real name. Yeah. Um, they're fighting and they're finally on the same team. And at one point, um, Haru goes for a move and the guy does it. He just knocks out his, his brother. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make that a funny moment. And I'm just like, look, we didn't need that. We didn't need that. The funniest scene was Jim Ray pulled up in the car. He's like, come with me if you want to live. And I was like, that was funny. <laughs> well, that's because he's like, look, my family's in trouble. This truck is getting there one way or the other. And all these people get out. And Jango just takes his jacket off like, okay, I got to beat these guys up now. So, yeah, it was great. And, like, and the cool thing is Mike Barnes comes back. Yeah. And here's the thing. People have been clamoring for him to come back since Terry Silver returned. Yeah. Only to find out he's not a bad guy. No, he's not. He ends up being, like, running a furniture store, still knows how to do martial arts, and eventually teams up with everybody when Terry Silver burns his, um... Business to the ground. Business to the ground. It's like, you're playing with fire, Danny boy, and I am gasoline. And I am gasoline. Because that's another cool thing was Chosen returning. Chosen. And he was the comedy relief of the of the majority of season five I was like he goes like the reference of moron I was like I was like huh, I don't drink long on a nice tea please I'm like huh? that that contradicts everything <laughs> Cause that's the thing where, um, because it was it was where um, Daniel's business was going under, so he realized he had to go. He, so he was trying to go talk to the people in Japan, try to convince them, and he failed. So he ends up saying, for the hell of it, I'm just gonna go visit Okinawa. And he sees Kumiko from the second movie, so she's in it, and basically she's reading um, old letters that Mr. Miyagi was writing to the lady that he was in love with here from from number two, from from the second one when when they went to Okinawa for his dad's funeral, Miyagi's dad's funeral, and Miyagi had that lady that he fell in love with that was also at one point engaged to Sato which caused him and Sato to feud but eventually they made peace so Kumiko was the girl that Daniel was falling for yeah so they see each other and then it's just like all this other stuff happens so they're reading this um this Miyagi um letter and that was another emotional moment in the show mm. I thought to hear Miyagi talking he's like I'm back in hospital and Daniel is good boy taking care of family even though he still has a hot head of course he does. And Daniel's just sitting there like, yep, he would say that. And that's the thing, like, they they, they reference Mr. Miyagi a lot. Because, they did, uh, quite a bit. And because Daniel, you know, there are times where he's lost, he goes and visit, visits Miyagi's grave to, you know, fi- to find guidance. Because Miyagi was always the one that could help him get his shit together. 
Yep, that's true as well. And so while he's there, he she also has an idea on how to, you know, figure things out. So all of a sudden they're at a restaurant and in walks Chosen. Yep. Naturally, Daniel's not happy to see him because the last memory he had of Chosen was fighting him to the death. Yeah, and almost tried to kill him. And Yeah, and almost killed Kumiko. Yeah. On top of that. So that's the last memory he had. But Kumiko tries to explain to him that Chosen has changed. Yes. And um, so just kind of sitting there and... Chosen's just staring at him with this angry look on his face and Daniel's trying to make conversation Chosen won't speak and then eventually it's like um, oh wait our order's here Chosen goes I will get and Daniel's like no no I'll do it and Chosen goes no I will get <laughs> and he just gets up and grabs the drinks and then he comes back and then Kumiko says, I have to go. I have to teach class now. And Daniel's like, wait, you're not going to leave me here with him. He goes, oh, no, you two will be fine. He goes, he says, Chosen, take care take care of me. He goes, mm-hmm. And then he just goes over and goes, so uh, you, you, you want to have a drink? I don't drink. So that way right there, I don't drink. All of a sudden, he's got Long Island iced teas. <laughs> Like, that is the crazy part right there. And then, of course, eventually he's teaching him. They walk around and seeing the Miyagi-Do stuff. And he's like, and he's like, you think you're just entitled to Miyagi-Do secrets? He goes, we're practically Miyagi-Do family. And he goes, and he tells him, like, you know, the story of Miyagi-Do and how it started and everything. And he goes, yeah. he said, Miyagi, you th- Miyagi did not teach you everything. He goes, yeah, he did. He goes, you sure about that? So they decide to have a fight. And he goes, that's not Miyagi-Do style karate. He goes, so I guess he did didn't teach you everything. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, I was taught karate was for defense only. And he said, well, turns out Miyagi-Do has an offensive style that Daniel never knew about. Mm-hmm. He said, because they were fighting in wars. So they had to learn how to fight to survive. And he said, well, maybe Miyagi was trying to protect me because I didn't need to know all this stuff. And Chosen said, well, maybe he thought you weren't ready or able. Or able. So they start fighting and doing their own like training stuff. So Chosen's kind of teaching him a little bit. And then at one point he does these pressure point things. And all of a sudden Daniel's like b- whole body goes numb. He grabs him back and he goes, and he goes, I waited a long time for this. Yeah. He's like, Chosen, no. He got that look of fear. He's like, he knows he can't defend himself. He goes, ah. And he goes, Honk. <laughs> and then Chosen starts laughing like a little kid. He's like, I'm glad you find this funny. He goes, you should have seen your face. Oh, 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 no, my God, it's scary. He's like, he's like, what the hell was it? He goes, Miyagi-style pressure points. He goes, if the enemy insists on war, then you'll take away their ability to wager. Yep. And he's smiling. And he goes, can you teach me? And he goes, <clears throat> so he teaches him the Miyagi-style pressure points. And then um, eventually they have a talk and he forgives Chosen for what happened. And Chosen told him the story. He said, after our fight, I was lost. I had no honor. But my uncle Sato, he gave me second chance. Allow me to redeem myself. So then... Daniel forgives him and Chosen appreciates it and then he gives him the Miyagi-Do secret, you know, as a gift. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, uh, you want to come with me? He goes, sorry, I have class to teach. Yeah. And we think that's the last time we're going to see Chosen. No, it wasn't. Till the final episode of season four. Yep. But anyway, so then at one point, here's another great cameo. Kumiko, he's walking with Daniel. All of a sudden, he has a meeting. There's this girl in a business suit who works for the automotive company that Daniel tried to get to continue to invest in him. And it turns out that lady Mm -hmm. is the same girl that Daniel saved in the typhoon in the second one. Remember that little girl that's crying? Daniel climbed up there to go get him? Yeah. And brought her down? Yeah. He saved her life. So she said, he said, can I buy you a drink? She goes, I hope so. I'm about to save your business. Uh, so they go and they have a drink, and she agrees to do business with LaRusso Auto and not the other guy. 
that they were feuding with for a while. Yep. So all these great cameos. Very good cameo. And then, of course, the biggest one, mm. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Makes her return. Yep. Allie. Yep. Because, of course, uh, her and Johnny start talking again. Yeah. Because um, they think there might be something there. But eventually, obviously, Johnny ends up with Carmen, Miguel's mom. And, uh, of course, Daniel's married. Yeah, of course. So, but yeah, so they basically just talk about how they're both stubborn, hard-headed, and they eventually slowly start to bury the hatchet. But that was a good cameo. But what shocked me the most was in season five. Amanda's pissed. She goes to Ohio. She's getting away from her husband and all this karate shit. And this lady answers the door. That's Amanda's cousin. And the cousin, and I didn't catch this till they started talking. I did not catch this because she looks so different. That's the girl Daniel was with in Karate Kid 3. Ah. So she knew all about the Terry Silver thing and explained to Amanda why this Terry Silver thing is so important to Daniel. Because this man ruined his goddamn life. And that's why Daniel eventually confessed to people he was a former member of Cobra Kai. Because Terry Silver was when he started turning Daniel into a horrible person that he's not and corrupted him. Just the way he's silver corrupted all these other kids. So Daniel knew all about it. And we find that out. And that's and that she was the one who introduced Amanda to Daniel. And they eventually got married. Yep. So that was another good twist. Yeah, it was a very good twist. There was a whole bunch of twists that you're like, okay, you're like, oh, oh my God, look at that. There's another twist. But otherwise than that, I can't believe we watched them throughout that whole season five too. So otherwise than that, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. And we'll see what happens when season six is... I think we need to let our fans, if you want to watch the show, watch it. Yeah. We're not going to spoil anything. No, 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 no. no, no. You no. just need to watch it. And don't worry. Don't worry. We'll spoil this. Nobody out of the main cast dies. Yeah. That's don't the only, worry about that's that. the only spoiler we're going to give. You think people are dead, but they're not dead. I mean, I mean, I'll have to sit though. Uh, LaRusso's wife, Amanda, there's one word. Yeah. Hot. Yes. <laughs> I was like, damn, Danny, Danny, dude, dude. I was like, and she's, she's awesome too. She basically got fed up. I was like, okay, you guys need to fix this. I'm leaving. And all of a sudden she goes to that bar and she goes, okay, maybe this is not as easy as I thought it was. Especially when she's about to get in a bar fight. And her daughter comes up and saves the day. Just kept like, like, she comes up, touch my mom again, see what happens to you. Yeah, she just whooped that ass. Yeah, she did, she did, she did. Okay, then Vinny finally got done with another show, and it took forever for Desmond, not particularly Desmond, a canadian prick, to get him into a wonderful show called, called The Big Bang Theory. Yes, the Big Bang Theory. Math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with the Big Bang Bang. Bang. Of all the characters, who's your favorite? Leonard. Leonard. Ariel Leonard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or that one famous scene. I know I suck at it. You know, like we did it on the last one. It's like, oh, really? You know what I said? That I'm upset. Did you miss all those little indicators? Like me saying, Howard, I am upset. Yeah. You can watch that on Going Off the Fucking Rails. <laughs> I might make that a separate post now. Uh, I got, I, I've been meaning to make that a separate Instagram post. <laughs> I know post. what's the difference between chicken rice and the vegan guy? Rice. Well, do you think I want to stand by my mother? I have never been so much in your life. But all of us, he's so... fucking this whole thing up, just so you know. I know I have. Shut up. But one of my favorite is Leonard. But another one was um Howard. He and people that he's never going to get a girl. He's never going to get married. Huh? Boy, we we wrong. He's the first person to get married and have kids. One of my favorite scenes is when Bernard finds out he's pregnant with her son. He goes, he goes like, no. And Bernard says, yes, no, yes, no. So everything's gonna be quiet. And Bernard goes, no. Oh, 
I'll be like, <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem. I was okay with them having one kid, but we finally have the moment where Penny and Leonard are finally going to, you know, agree to get married. Mm -hmm. And that's because that's the love story because almost every sitcom has this. Yeah. The will they, won't they, they break up, they get together, all that. We finally get that climactic moment and they overshadow what Bernadette having a second kid. That was fucking stupid. But apparently the reason they did it, Zach has a reason, go ahead. Uh, the real reason why I don't know her real name, um, Bernadette's uh, real life character got pregnant and she was pretty, you know. And uh, one of my favorite fucking scenes was, uh, one of my favorite scenes was, uh, one of your scenes was the ball pit with Shelly. Bazinga. 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 Fake Lord of the Rings ring. <laughs> oh, Sheldon drunk is hilarious. <laughs> now, here's your anus. <laughs> On the other hand, that low-down polecat done wrong oh, by a woman. Lord. It's like, ooh, this is a treat that's hard to beat. <laughs> Get the Mad Hatter on the phone. I'm having a tea party. And I slow down their text. I drank tea before. I think I know what I'm doing. And had, I was like, well, those are long island iced tea, and there's a shitload of alcohol in those things. Will it calm me down? It's calm the pants it's off of me once or twice. <laughs> But other ones than that, the show is absolutely fantastic. Uh, not exactly. I, as usual, I do have some thoughts. Here, here we go. Here's, here's my issue with this whole show. I'll sum it up in one word. Raj. Now, I like Raj. Love the character. As I mentioned before, I did that voice when Zach and I reenacted that scene. But here's the issue that I have. Every single character in the first season is Fifty Shades of Fucked Up in some way. Whether it's Sheldon and his behavioral problems, Howard being a creepy perv, Leonard and his mommy issues, or Raj and his ability to talk to women. At some point, all of these things get rectified in some way. Sheldon finds Amy. Leonard and Penny finally get together. Howard meets Bernadette. Yet Raj, they couldn't hook him up with anybody with all the maturing that Raj had done throughout 12 fucking seasons. All the relationships, all the mistakes, all the issues. He finally meets the right girl. And Anu was 100% the right girl. You know, they went through the whole arranged marriage thing. But then eventually, they, bro they broke that off. They started dating. They fell in love genuinely. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> they were just going to be arranged, and that was it. They were going to get married, and that was it. But they found love for each other. And we find out that Anu gets a job in England. And Raj is contemplating what to do about his future. And he finally, finally comes up with the idea. I'm going to get on a plane. 
I'm going to fly to England and I'm going to propose to Anu because I want to spend the rest of my life with her. And he goes to the airport. He goes to get a ticket. And all of a sudden, Howard, fucking Howard, stops him from getting on the plane. Howard doesn't want Raj to leave. And to that, I ask this question. Who the fuck in the writer's room thought that was a brilliant idea? Why? First of all, why can't Raj have the girl? Does anyone, Zach, does anyone have a logical answer for why Raj is not allowed to find happiness in this in this show? Mm, I have no clue why. Does anyone have an answer that they not. would like to give me? Nope. Clearly he doesn't, but I'd like to see if anybody else does. If you're a Big Bang Theory fan, you got a logical reason why Raj is not allowed to find love. Please comment below. Howard is the creepiest motherfucker in the entire show, and he got married before all of them. He beat all of them to the fucking altar, but Raj can't. And you have his best friend stop him? What kind of stupid shit is that? What kind of shitty friend stands in the way of a man wanting to propose to the love of his life? Now, I know that sounds weird with all the marriage shit I said earlier, but this is a fucking TV show. <laughs> this is different. This is fantasy. This is where relationships are supposed to work out and nobody gets divorced and no one loses half their shit and lives in poverty. This is where the relationships are supposed to work out. They're supposed to give you the type of relationships you wish you fucking had in real life but are almost impossible to obtain. Who thought that was smart? Personally, they should have got together but if you weren't gonna let Raj and Anu be together, I would rather he got on the plane, flew to England, showed up at her house or apartment, proposed to her and have her say no. That at least would have been a definitive end to where Raj can be heartbroken and move on. Again, I would much rather she say yes and they get married, but instead they just break it off. Because here's what could have happened. She could have said yes. Raj could have moved all his stuff that he wanted to take with him to England and live with Anu. Then we don't see Raj for a couple episodes. Then on the final episode, when Sheldon and Amy go to get their Nobel Prize, Raj and Anu fly down, fly over for the Nobel Prize ceremony to be there to honor, to show respect to their friends. And then he, they could have been part of the standing up moment where Sheldon asks all his friends to stand up and how they've, they're, they're, he's grateful to all of them. He says, in my own way i love you all which by the way if you don't cry during that scene you don't have a fucking pulse i damn near burst into tears during that but then as soon as all that's over what do they cut to they're sitting on the fucking couch at home eating chinese food while the bare naked lady sing an acoustic version of the theme song very slowly mass science history unraveling the mystery that all started with a big bang and that's the end of the fucking show. I would have much rather it seen them say goodbye. And by that, I mean Raj and Anu. Say goodbye, get on a plane, fly back. And then they show a few. And then while playing that slow dance thing, show some clips of the past 12 seasons. Like they do in most sitcoms. Here, here's a look back at all the crazy moments. I would have preferred that over them winning the Nobel Prize and then just sitting on a couch eating. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That ending was a little disappointing. Now, obviously, now, am I saying the Big Bang Theory is a shitty show because of it? No. Even though there are some endings of TV shows that make me go, fuck this whole thing, I can never watch it again. Yeah, I hear you. But I can't really say that about the Big Bang Theory. There's too many funny moments. Now, would I binge watch the entire show again? Probably not. But I might check some funny moments on YouTube if I'm feeling, you know, in the mood for some comedy. So, I'll say that. I thought that the way they, the way they did Raj was stupid. But I love everything else. I liked Howard and Bernadette's story. I liked Sheldon and Amy were amazing. 
amazing. That was probably my favorite couple right there. The, the ultimate definition of patience in a relationship. Not just because Amy was patient with Sheldon's behavior, but it's the only relationship I've ever seen where the woman wants sex and the man wants to wait. <laughs> I have never seen that in my entire life. I've seen it the other way around, but I've never seen that. Where Amy is dead. And here's the funny thing. When the two of them got together, they were each other's first time. Yeah, that's true. And because they got married, and I'm assuming they stayed married, they haven't slept with anyone else. No, they have not. And the funny part is when they were dating, and Sheldon finally decided to, in his own words, have coitus with her. <laughs> and I love the fact he refers to it as coitus. I think that's fucking hilarious. Coitus. Uh, that's a funny word. Um, and then he decided that they reduced it to only her birthday until they got married. Then eventually they would do it more often. Not as often as Amy would like, but they did. She's like, she's like, you know, so I, th I think there was a joke about with Amy where he's looking at Lola and like, she's probably sitting there wondering, why haven't we had sex? And Sheldon goes, we just did three weeks ago. And she goes, I'm talking to Leonard. And, she, and Sheldon's just kind of sitting there. Or the fact that Sheldon ends up getting Amy's apartment. Yeah, that's true. Like, they switch apartments when they make that decision. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Amy eventually uh, moves in there, and it's, um... The whole thing's kind of cool. So, overall, like I said, there's funny moments in the show. I didn't like the way it ended. I didn't like the way they treated Raj. I understand that, but it did end pretty good with Sheldon's speech there. That was pretty cool. It was very good. Very good, very good. Okay, enough of the Big Bang Theory. Let's go on to something back... Very, very, back, back in the day. And I heard about this on the podcast, or the podcast I've been listening to. That would rather be, who's better action star, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? I go, oh, crap. I was like, I was like, I was like ooh. I was, I was like, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. But you also have Sylvester Stallone as Rambo. I'll go like, oh, crap. Who's more of a badass? I'd be go, uh. Only thing with, Sylvester, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, he's basically indestructible. But also, uh, yeah, I like Sylvester Stone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they were good action stars. They're getting up there, and especially Sylvester Stone, he keeps on doing these physical action movies, and Dad's almost seven. He's like, good God, dude, can you just like him now? Take a break? I can't see him do a comedy movie, could you? I was like, I can't see Sylvester Stone doing a comedy movie. I could. Uh, it would just be tough. He's had comedic moments in his movies. Yeah, that's true. So he, know, he can somewhat pull it off. I don't think he's ever been given the opportunity, really. I think the closest thing he had to a comedy was Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and that fucking bombed. I heard that was horrible. It was, and ironically, it fits into the Stallone. May I do what we usually do, please, when it comes to shitty situations? I'd rather you didn't, but okay. Was it bad? No, it was sad. I heard I, that's the last time I'm ever going to do it, but I heard it was pretty fucking awful. Here, well, here's the story. Well, this, you know the story about how that how Stallone got the movie, right? How? Originally, when they came out with the script, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, they offered it to Arnold. Hmm. And he read the script, and it was a piece of shit. He straight up said it was a piece of shit when he read it. But at the time, Stallone and Schwarzenegger were in a heated fucking rivalry. That's why they say, who's the better action star? Because they were feuding with each other. It was about, you know, the movies they did, you know, the explosions, who had better lines, who had bigger guns, who had bigger knives, who Rambo killed... had the bigger guns and the bigger knives. Who killed, who killed the most people, who killed the most people creatively. That's why at one Rambo. point you saw Schwarzenegger just rip a gun off a helicopter and start running down the street shooting people with it because they were trying to come up with bigger and better and... 
trying to top each other. Well, when Schwarzenegger saw that movie, he put out, they said that they were also looking at Stallone for the role. Well, Schwarzenegger said to to somebody, um, tell, tell Stallone I'm seriously considering this role. Uh-huh. So they told Stallone, he's like, look, Schwarzenegger is considering this role, and pretty much if you don't take the part, he's going to be in. And Stallone thought, oh, if Schwarzenegger wants to do this, that means something big's going on. So that's how Stallone agreed to do the role, so Schwarzenegger wouldn't get it. But Arnold set him up because he knew it would be a fucking failure, and it ended up being a fucking failure, and Schwarzenegger won that round. There you go. And Stallone found out later <laughs> and wanted to fucking kill them because in their prime they hate each other there was a professional rivalry okay but eventually they became friends yeah I was like, like, like they're be- they're the best of friends today yeah i was like two of the biggest action stars of all time one of my favorite all schwarzenegger movies would have to be um would have to be uh my favorite schwarzenegger film t2 terminator 2 but one of my favorite ones was even though it's a comedy jingle all the way really yeah i do enjoy that oh poor baby one of my favorite scenes is when he hits the hits the deer or he hits that reindeer yeah you picked the wrong day and knocks him out. I was like, huh. I mean, but the one movie that I did not like Arnold in would have to be Mr. Freeze. Batman and Robin? No. That was horrible. Yeah. That was bad. I liked, um, I liked The Last Action Hero. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, that was good. I also liked Commando. I thought Commando that was a very was good. good one. Um, and as far as comedies go, you can't go wrong with twins. No, yeah, you can't go wrong with twins. In fa- especially since it was the best financial investment Arnold ever made. Or, uh... Kindergarten Cop, you can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, either. that was good. Well, well, without twins, there is no Kindergarten yeah, Cop. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes, scenes is a Kindergarten Cop is when like shut up, and he makes all the kids cry. But one of my favorite scenes is when he confronts the abusive dad. It's like you hit the kid, I hit you. And the guy tries to, he hits him in the gut. He was like, he just held him up like this. And I saw all the kids like, he was like, you're not even worth it. And one of the, the, the high school principal goes, the principal goes, now, how did it feel to hit that son of a bitch? And he just looked up and was like, felt pretty good. And after you leave, he goes, she goes, Because she loved that. <laughs> but she, she goes, I don't know what kind of police officer you are, but you are actually a very good teacher. Yeah. I mean, it was actually, it was a lot of fun. And the reason twins was so good, not just because him and Dan, uh, Danny DeVito agreed chemistry, was because before that time, they never wanted to put uh, Arnold in comedy movies because he made more money with the action films. So, and Arnold didn't get butthurt about it. Like, he understood, you know, that the studio wants to make money. Put me in an action movie, it's going to make money because I'm that damn good. So he decided to take a gamble and invest in himself. So he said, tell you what, don't give me a salary for the movie. And it was written by Ivan Reitman. And in order to do the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ivan Reitman, and Danny DeVito all decided not to take a salary. So that way the budget wouldn't be as big. So they worked on the movie for free. But their deal was, we're not going to take a salary, but we're going to, we want a big chunk of the back end which yeah. is when the movie makes yeah, I money I think you mentioned that before and the reason it ended up grossing like billion, millions upon millions of dollars yeah but here's the thing, though. Because of their percentage, they made more money than the studio, which the studio does not like. No, they did not. They actually said, you robbed me blind and you fucked me. A producer said that to Arnold one time at an awards show. He said, you know what you did? You robbed me blind and you fucked me. And he bent over mm-hmm. to emphasize the fact that he basically, you know, fucked his life up. So, and then that's how he was able to do other things like Kindergarten Cop and Jingle All the Way or even True Lies, which is another good one. True Lies was fucking awesome. Uh, um, Tom Arnold's best. I was like, what kind of sick bitch takes the ice trays out of the freezer? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. what, what Jamie Lee Curtis is like, is like, he goes like, kisses her. Next, he goes like, next time, stop. Kisses her, and she just, he picks up the guns, loads it up, and she said the quote of one of my favorite movies, because I married Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best line. That That's another good movie. True Lies is that, that I, that's probably one of my favorite action movies with, uh, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Yeah. The one scene, he goes, he goes like, when the bad guy was on the missile, and he just looks at the bad guy, he goes, huh, huh? That's like, what does he say? Uh, that one line, I don't know what he says. He's like, bye. It is shoots shoots the missile. You see the dude on the missile. like, ah, and it hits the damn helicopter. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I know uh, my mother was a huge fan of Total Recall. Yeah, Total Recall. I did not watch the new one, so I was like, Nying, no. I saw the new one. It was terrible. Was it bad? It was sad. It was bad. It was sad. It was bad. I know we didn't want to do the bit again, but we had to for that. That was that sad. Because I took, well, here's the thing. It was, at the time, it was my mom's birthday. And I know she loved Total Recall. So for her birthday, we went to the movies and saw Total Recall one year. That year it came out. And we both agreed it was fucking awful. It was fucking awful. And that's one of the few, like, I know there's some Arnold Schwarzenegger movies I've seen. Some of them I haven't. Um, of course, he, he's also in the WWE Hall of Fame, which is kind of cool. And like I said, they're looking to make, they're actually making a sequel to Twins. Really? Really? It's in pre-production. It's called Triplets. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. And basically, it's where um and Arnold mentioned the uh the basis of it. Alright. And basically, he said what it's about is it's where uh Julius and Vincent, uh, Arnold and Danny, they're they're at their mother's funeral because yeah. their mo- their mom died uh for real this time. And as they're there paying their respects, they discover while looking at her will there was a third sibling in the experiment. Huh. And they stand to inherit a lot of money from their mom's estate, but they can only get the money if they find the third brother. Oh, okay. And the third brother is going to be played by Eddie Murphy. Oh, hell yeah. And they said they pitched the idea to Eddie and he loved it. And because they thought, okay, they're trying, because the whole purpose of twins was that Arnold was the big jacked muscular guy. Danny's the short fat guy. Yeah. Let's make the third guy black. Yeah, there you go. And figure out how there's a third sibling in the experiment. So they go and get the money if they find him. Now, so far, Arnold and Danny DeVito and Eddie Murphy are obviously in it. The only other person that they know for sure is cast in it is Tracy Morgan. Don't know what role he's playing, but he's in it. So it's in pre-production right now. Okay. I like uh, Sebastian, all the Rambos, the Rockies, and uh, he was good in the, the Creed movies. He was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, actually, because somebody doesn't like Marvel, uh, and everything. He's even in, uh, even uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character as Terminator, he's in Mortal Kombat, and uh, Sebastian Sloan's character as Rambo is also in Mortal Kombat too. Yeah, that's the video games. Yeah, those are the video games. I'm like, okay, all right, even Freddy and a couple other, and Jason Voorhees was in it too. But who's a better action star? I'd be like, both of them are actually good at what they both do. I mean, like, I can't really say who's the better action star. I was like, uh, I was like, I don't know about that. I was like, that's just, hard. But yeah, well, they got they got two Rockies. The the Rambo movies are good. You know, it's and they each have different like reasons for being good. Like Rambo is basically a a Vietnam vet who you know loves his country, but is bitter towards the fact that the government treated the soldiers like shit. Like he embodied. You know, the the uh, somewhat bitter uh, Vietnam vet, you know, where, you know, they come home, they're called baby killers, and people are spitting in their faces, disrespecting them, he said, and how he's trying to adjust to civilian life, but realizes he can't somewhat, and he goes through, like, the evolution of each, um, you know, his character evolves over time. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, he mostly lives outside the country. Yeah. 
but every now and then gets pulled in for missions and stuff. Like like the fourth Rambo, he was in like the jungle somewhere, and there's like a scene where there's a lot of um these like missionaries who are trying to help stop the killings over in this area. He goes, and, 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 and Rambo all the time, he goes, do you bring any weapons? He's like, no. And the guy's like, of course not. He goes, you ain't changing nothing. Yeah, I was like, Burma's a war country. And he's spaced, I know that scene, he's like, he's like I had to kill him. He's like, why? They would have killed you, raped her 50 times, chop off your heads. You guys are not nice people. One of my favorite scenes is when uh, he gets on that, he, he gets on that huge ass machine gun and just goes, pop, 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 My favorite scene is when he took all those guys out with a bow and arrow. He's like, where's the boat, man? He just was like, I'm the boat, man. I was like, yeah, that's John Rambo, who's actually a real badass in real life. But otherwise than that, I love Sylvester. I love Arnold. I mean, I like my butt, the, but all of them are really, really good. The problem is, these guys need to stop doing action movies. They're just one problem. What? They're getting too old. <laughs> like, They're too damn good. I know. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Can you guys do something else that's not all action all the damn time? Well, there was one comedy that Sylvester did, and I mentioned that. Stallone did do one comedy that he was actually really good in. I thought Oscar was fucking hilarious. <laughs> you ever seen that? No. Oh, this is a good move. This is a good show. Uh, basically, it has um, it stars Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it had Ornelia Mall. Uh, Marissa Tomei was in this movie. Um, Tim Curry was in it. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good um actors in this, and it was very, very funny, very, very talented. Basically, what's about is um, a gangster attempts to keep a promise he made to his dying father that he would give up a life of crime and go straight. But every time he tries to go straight, stupid shit happens, and he's trying to be a legit banker and he's meeting with these banker gentlemen who are basically trying to screw him over and he finds that out through his son-in-law and everything he has this girl who she said she pretended that she was snap's daughter but really she's not but then you find out she is like there's this crazy twisted moment it's and here's the thing it's so fucking goofy but it's funny. Okay, I gotcha. And slapstick. Slapstick, yeah. Okay. And Stallone is very good in this movie. It's fucked. Like you laugh your ass off in this, in this, in, in, while watching this. Okay. And then of course, um, Tango and Cash was my number one favorite Sylvester Stallone movie of all time. Is Tango and Cash. Also, you have uh, another one that it, that was good was Judge Dredd. That was good. Uh, Rob Schneider was hilarious in that movie. By the oh way. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Rob Schneider was hilarious. So like, yeah, they set me free. Ha 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 ha. And if Sebastian just looks at it, like, well, dude, to let you know, they're cannibals. Wait, I, I, I bruise easily. I have warts. Eat red. He works out. <laughs> He was great in that. And then, of course, there's Diane Lane. Yeah. She was awesome in that movie. Yeah. And then, of course, Armada Santi as Rico. He is such an underrated actor. He's so good at one thing, being a bad guy. Yeah, he was good at it. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's a good uh, He's a good, yeah, he was good. Yeah. You've never seen Sylvester Stallone play a bad guy. Really? I think so. I can't really remember if he has or not. He plays like shady characters, like gangsters, but not like a legit villain. Like with Arnold, with, with the first Terminator, or God forbid, Mr. Freeze. And yeah. He, I mean, there's some actors who only think good thing is that is being the good guy. Some actors are better at being bad guys. Exactly. I mean, they, you know, some actors can, you know, they just work in that area. Prime example, that German Nazi guy off of uh, Inglorious Bastard, Christopher Waltz. Every movie he plays a bad guy or villain, superb. Superb. Well, he was a, he guy. was, he was a bit of a good guy in Django. Yeah, he was good in Django. I like, like, I remember that part. Oh my God! Yeah, I bet you enjoy seeing Leo get shot. Anyways, moving on. I mean, doesn't everybody? That fucking does it. What? You brought it up? Why? I don't know why you brought it you up. Know, you made why the decision. Why you hate Leo? Why? Let the Boosh cast fans in the world fucking know. <laughs> 
He's obsessed with this. No, just I'm so not going to let it go. So he I'm going to ask you again. What is your problem with Leo? He's a shitty actor. No, if he was such a shitty actor, he will make millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in his fucking movies. I see this right now. I think Gangster New York with Leo is better than Goodfellas. He plays a better gangster than Ray Liotta could ever dream of. I'm just going to let him shoot himself in the foot and have you guys realize how fucking dumb he is. See, at least I'll give him credit. He's still better than Matt. Damon. Oh, everyone's better than Matt Damon. Dude, look, I know when it comes to politically with these guys, this is why I don't vote. I like some of Matt Damon movements. I like him with Stuck on You. That was good. And he's not that bad of an actor. Yes, he's a, a left-term idiot, but he's a good actor. Not really. Uh, I just, I thought the Bourne series was one of the most overrated movies of all time. Good, good Matt Damon is not believable as a badass on this planet or any other. On this planet or any other, is he believable as a badass? Okay? His best movie was Goodwill Hunting. That's why it's the only one he has an Oscar for. And here's the twist, ladies and gentlemen. He has that for writing, uh, not acting. Uh, writing. Yeah, 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 I know. But once again, why? I just told you why. Look at all, I guarantee you, okay, look, all look. these movies have 200 300 $400 million in box office, okay? Yeah. Oh, let's see. Oh, let's see. He was in uh, the What's Eating Gilbert Grape. That was Not a success. That was a good movie. Uh, let's see. Johnny Depp in it. So, just because a movie has good actors and it doesn't make the movie good, okay? Once again, Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, has horrible taste. He likes to eat a hot dog with no sauce on it. You know what that's called in today's world? An oxymoron. Zach is an oxymoron. Heavy How the hell am I an oxymoron? Heavy on the moron. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good... Let's see. What else have we got here? Okay, Romeo... Man and... Iron Mask was great. The Man... Beach was good. That was The Man in the Iron Mask? That Are man you was fuck... a fantastic... Oh, my God. I like that movie. That was uh, a good movie. Oh, my God. That was I... fucking stupid. It was good. It's like see... a good story to and then, it. And then you got Romeo and Juliet, where they I basically... I did watch that. That where was they... actually good. Where they, made... where they basically used guns instead of swords, and... Was that, that the... right and right then thing. it's like... They did the right, though. They did the play right. They're they... doing the thing in modern time, and I will say... There were some scenes that were good, but overall it was like, eh, terrible. Favorite movie was then that? We got, good movie. Good movie. Let's good see. Movie. No, 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 let's see. Then we got, then you, then you got Titanic. Oh, yeah. I'm the king of the world. I'm I, king of the world. And I, I sink to the, and I <laughs> sink to the bottom of the lake because I don't have enough common sense to know you can fit two people on a fucking board. But apparently it's better if I fall to the lake and drown. Can't argue with you there. And let's see. We got the man in the iron mask. That's a waste of fucking time. Gangs in New York. I'll vomit right there. Catch me if you can. I'll I'll pass. Uh, the Aviator. Too bad it fell back to the ground. The Departed. Yeah, I departed this whole fucking story. You still haven't explained to us why do you hate him so much. Because he's a terrible freaking actor. God, he he's highly terrible... overrated. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I think he's better than Robin Williams. I think you're fucking retarded for saying that. Okay, he's made his money. He's made... Money. Millions and He's millions made of money. Uh, Every movie makes money, dumbass. Uh, Almost all of you them. You still have to explain why do you think he's a shitty actor? Because I don't believe anything that he does. His movies are fucking boring. He did a South boring? African accent in Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond was a fucking snooze fest. Revolutionary Road, blow my goddamn brains out. Shutter Island was good. Yeah, I shudder at the thought of even watching that. 
Inception, that's just confusion on a high and fucking level. A lot of people, you have to watch that two or three times to so understand it. Then you got, then you got Django. There was a good movie. Yeah, he that good was that fantastic. He Once did, Upon a Time in Hollywood, that was yeah. really, really good. Nah, and then here he gets raped by a bear. That's fun to watch. It got, it got an Oscar for it. I give him props. And then you got, oh yeah, and then oh, and here's where he does lots and lots of cocaine and bangs that's a, a and bangs a blonde chick. Yeah, that's movie of all time. And then The Great Gatsby. Yeah, that's so. Great. I've never seen that movie before yeah. i don't understand i'm gonna leave it go but trust me this isn't over and i'm gonna pester and pester and pester and pester to make you watch movies. i'll say this once like we said before the omg zachary scott show with elvis Lewinsky, and he agrees with me you have horrible taste in movies shame motherfucker good god you see how much crap I give about Avatar? I think Avatar fucking sucks. I think it was absolutely a horrible waste of time. I looked at it, this movie looks like it sucks. But I watched it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch this again. At least I gave it a chance. You judge a movie by its cover. And I'm right nine times out of ten. No, I am on record. It is on fucking record. I can oh, watch man. a trailer of a movie and tell you if it's going to be worth it. And nine times out of ten, I am right. Still won't watch it. These are facts on 35 years of going to the fucking movies and watching trailers and previews. That's why I love watching. Sometimes I like watching the previews more than the actual movie I'm there to see. Just because I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up on the horizon. And I can watch that trailer and go, that movie's going to do well. That movie's going to suck. Actors of all time. He still is. Let's see here. Yes, you know why he's, he's one, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You want to know why he's one of the greatest actors of all time? Why people watch his movies? Titanic. You want you want to get real? You want to get real? Titanic. No, that's not the reason why. Why? He's good looking. And most of them are. And that's the point. A good Just look- be, he's good looking. That's why Chris people is good That's looking. why he's a good actor. No, I'm saying that's why women go to see because women go to see Leo cuz he's good looking. They don't give two squirts of piss. If he can act, they just want to see him possibly be naked, so they can have it in their in their in their twat bank, so they can go home and fucking play with themselves later. Oh, Leo, touch my sweet spot. He's such a shitty actor because he's not. I've seen the movies; they're not great. That's you, because you have horrible taste. Okay, first of all, motherfucker, no, I don't. Second of all, you ask me a question and I fucking answer it. Kind of like you're supposed to like pizza, but you don't like pepperoni on a pizza. And most people don't, because the grease gets into the cheese and the crust, and it's fucking nasty. And the one delicious thing that does go on a pizza. If you say what I think you're about to say, I will cut this show off right now. Pineapple! And we're done. See, dude, you just got to expand your mind, expand your taste buds, but you won't. But like I said, a lot of people like Leo, you should for strange that's reason don't. And to close out this show, because folks, we're tired. We've been doing this for the last two days in a row. And I want to go home and drink my Irish ass off. So anyways, folks, it's been wonderful doing this with you again. I'm sorry that you're the main guy here on the Boochcast. Maybe Boochie, aka the Boochie, has shitty fucking goddamn taste. And like, folks, who would eat a plain hot dog with no ketchup, no relish, no onions, no nothing? This guy right here! Or a normal fucking person. You're normal? 
Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, way more normal than you are. Really? Yeah, definitely. At least I'm better looking. At least I don't look like a six-pack What guy. the fuck? Oh, my God. You are the farthest thing from better looking. Hey. How does it feel to know the Six Flags guy gets more pussy than you? I understand that, but that's okay with me. But just straight up better looking than you. Yeah. Actually, you know what, Zach? Here's the sad part. What? If you actually try... Tried? You could be. Yeah, I know, but I at least you want to have to pay for it. It doesn't count like Desmond says. Okay, first of all, let me make this clear. I keep making this clear to you and Des and all you motherfuckers out there. <laughs> and I'm going to say this right now. What? And I have, and there's a guy out there who backs me up on this. In fact, you know what? What? I'm not even going to speak. I'm going to let him do it. Uh, I ain't got no pussy. Or they go, you got, if you get pussy, you pay for it. Now, this is why I don't talk to camera. Can I talk to camera? Ladies, listen. Whether men can't admit this or not, this is the truth. All men pay for pussy, whether it's directly or indirectly. Any woman worth her weight and value is not fucking you for free. There's a courtship process. And between dinner, movies, shows, outings, drinks, comedy shows, whatever, we're paying for it. And even after all that, some men still might not get no pussy. So whether you pay directly or whether you go, yo, here's some cash, give me some ass. That's not an L. That's a win. I don't know why y'all think that's an L for a man. You pay for pussy. I won. <laughs> and like Charlie Sheen said, Charlie Sheen said, you don't pay to fuck. You pay him to leave. The arrogance of women sometimes to think that we feel and think and respond and act as you do. We're different creatures. It's not an L. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. I don't see your case right there, but okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I rest my case. Good there it go. is. Yeah, okay. Vinny paid for pussy. He won. Not really. You, you on the other hand, you on the other hand, can't even talk to the girl. I can talk to a girl. Really? Yeah, I can. Do you, do you want me to tell no, the story? No, we're not, not going to talk about that. Where? Yeah, the plaque. And here's what pisses me off, Zach. Here you sit here running your fucking cock holster, sitting here talking about, oh, Vinny pays for sex. Let me tell you something right now. Joke. I gave up the easiest lay I would have ever gotten in my entire life because I was trying to be your wingman. You kept fumbling the ball and fumbling the ball and fumbling the ball, but like a dumbass quarterback who could have easily QB sneaked and got the touchdown, I kept handing your ass the fucking ball. And you kept fumbling, and then the whole team is blaming me, because why you keep giving the ball to this motherfucker who can't hold on to it for longer than 10 seconds? And that's what everybody in the group was saying to me. Why the fuck were you still trying to get Zach to bang this chick when it was blatantly obvious he could not close the deal? I can close the deal, just too much baggage. There's only baggage if you allow there to be baggage. That's what I'm saying. Zach, there is the concept of hit it and quit it. You ain't got to call them back if you don't want to. Understand that. That's not that is your option. See, Des likes to call them back. He's a relationship kind of guy. Me, I do the hooker route because it's easier. Here's some it's like here's some cash, give me some ass. You go that way, I go this way, and someday our paths may cross again. And then there's some cases where a girl has a phone and we exchange numbers every now and then. She calls if I'm available. And if I got the cash, I'm available. If I don't, I say, I ain't available right now. And some of them are wondering, like, do you, do you not want sex? Like, no, I ain't got the money right now. I got bills I got to pay. But if I got some extra spending cash, okay, let's go. I'll meet up with you. Let's go somewhere. But yes, that right there solidifies everything I've been fucking saying. 
Everybody pays for sex. Just because you ain't handing somebody money doesn't mean you didn't pay for sex. Unless you got in your car, drove to the person's house, and fucked them right then and there, you paid for it. In fact, if they gave you, if you put gas in your tank on the way to their house, you paid for it. If you had to take them out to dinner and a movie, if you had to spend money on this girl to get laid, do not think because you replace money with material possessions that that does not make you a person that pays for it. Y'all are living in a delusional fantasy world. And that's the thing. Some of y'all will spend all that money and still not get laid. I, on the other hand, won. I've seen you take L after L after L. That was only one time. That was only one time that happened. I've seen you take other L's. I just wasn't there to help you. Because uh -huh. after that first shot, I was like, I ain't doing that. No. So we're going to wrap this up there because Danny's Terry pissed off for me speaking the truth. No, I spoke the truth and you got butt hurt, which I'm made you... Which made you decide to start doing all these trigger phrases to try to get my goat by say, by trying to say things like gangs in New York is better than Goodfellas. You done lost your motherfucking mind. Opinion. You are out your motherfucking mind. Oh, so you're allowed to have an opinion, but I'm not allowed to have an opinion. Because my opinion is not opinion like your sucks. opinion. Yeah, yours is retarded. You think gangs in New York is better than Goodfellas? Yeah, on what? fucking planet what are you planet? that is it, it ain't planet earth because here on planet earth we know goodfellas is the better sh is the better movie hands down hell gator and i got into it i had to explain to him you know casino is good but goodfellas is better than casino because goodfellas goodfellas explains the mafia more than anything else gangs in new york is just a reason for leo and cameron to get naked that's all that fucking movie is oh, hate so much as a cuz they don't like him because he can act. They like him because he's he good looking. Act. He got the money maker. Uh, That's he it. Act. That's why his movies make money. Uh, there's, he is hit and miss, heavy on the miss. You like Brad Pitt? He's a pretty boy. What's your problem with Leo? I he's a, I don't like his acting. Why don't he you like his acting? Because it's not believable. Why is it not believable? Because he sucks at acting. Why does he suck at acting? Because he apparently didn't go to acting school. He just oh, thought, really? I'm going to be a pretty face. And I'm just gonna make and make money. Why not? His movies make over like a lot of millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's what you're failing not understanding. No, the problem is you want me to like Leo and I don't. I'm telling you, you would like Gangs in New York and you would love The Departed. Cause guess who gets their head blown off? Who? Matt Damon gets his head blown off. Truly, guess by who? Mark Wahlberg comes in, points a gun, shoots him, locks away. They get killed. Well, then I can just watch the clip on YouTube. Why watch the whole, why sit no, through the whole fucking movie? movie? That's what I'm saying. Jack Nicholson plays a psychotic fucking gangster. He's a really the better. Yeah, and there's plenty of other movies that don't have those other shitty actors where I can watch him play that. You're not, you're not doing a good job of selling me, Zach. That's no, the problem. You have horrible taste in everything. Why? Because it's not the same thing that you like. No, because you have, because your taste likes it. You're the only why person. Why do, why do I have to like what everybody else likes? You don't have to. You just have to give it a chance. May, I, what makes you think I haven't? What, what was the last? Did you have you actually seen Gangs in New York? Watch from start to finish. From start to finish, not the whole thing. I saw exactly. part. I saw enough to where I don't want to watch this shit no more and turn it off. Are you sure you're from this earth or not from another planet? No, no, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> all I, right, all right, I'm done yelling and arguing with you. I can't. You, you call me stubborn. You are. You're more stubborn than me sometimes. Yeah, because I'm not stubborn to the things that you want. I'm sorry, I'm not. Oh, you gotta. Do do all you gotta like all these other things because they're amazing. 
Uh, no, I fucking don't. For no reason. You sit there. Oh, he's. No, no, don't want to watch it now. Prime example, just kidding. You didn't want to watch a Mortal Kombat because of one fucking person. But, anyways, folks, that's another yeah. topic for another day. Oh, you think that's. You and John oh, I'll tell you right now. You thought that was petty? Let me tell you this. In one of the X Men movies, when they killed off Cyclops, I, sw- I swore off the whole goddamn thing. Soon as Jean Grey killed Cyclops, I damn near walked out of the goddamn movie Cyclops theater. Cyclops is overrated. Wolverine's better. Wolverine's the most overrated, oh, pathetic you... character in the history of the X-Men. He is the worst character. Everybody only likes him because he's mysterious and he says bub and he's got jacked up because Hugh Jackman's an amazing fucking actor. This is Wolverine. I sniff, I flail with my blades Fox and I can't remember and I can't remember who I am even though no one gives a hot shit. Where did I come from? Get a journal, Logan. And his body is made of metal. The one thing Magneto controls. He is literally the biggest pussy in the X-Men because Magneto can kill him instantly. I understand that, but have you seen the movie Logan? No, you haven't. I'll say this once. I even think Storm is cooler than Cyclops. I'll give you that. Storm's not a bad character because she can manipulate the fucking weather. That's a pretty badass fucking character. I think Toad's better than Cyclops. Who? Toad. Who the fuck is Toad? Remember the very first one? He kept on jumping on people with a long tongue and ate the bird. I think he's more powerful than Cyclops. I never liked Cyclops. I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. Like, like he's a more he's a moron. You know, because like, he's a moron. Says the Cyclops. Toad. Like I'm gonna say to you, you're a dick. Yeah. Well. Cyclops was way more badass. He was the leader of the X-Men. And all he had to do was take off his glasses and he could chop your fucking, blast your fucking head off. You want to be able to do that to Wolverine. Wolverine's indestructible. He'd be like, instantly heal, runs up, stab, he's dead. Still, can't beat Magneto, the one person they're trying to kill. But there's one, I'm going to leave, we're going to close out after this. Try to watch Logan, if you haven't heard of it. That's actually a really, 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 really good. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen parts of it, and I didn't like it. I'm not a whole... my friends who watch, who are judgmental over good movies. Because I don't like Wolverine. And I think Rush Hour is still better than Tango and Cash. Anyways. How dare you, sir? Better comedic and better chemistry between Jackie Chan. Now, better comedy, I'll give you that. Because Tango and Cash, and they, they, they do have better comedic chemistry. That I will give you. Mm-hmm. It's still not the better movie, but they did have the better chemistry. Make more money. Yeah, of course it made more money. It was Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Ugh. And just because a movie makes more money doesn't necessarily mean it's a better movie. It just means it made more profit. You put certain people in a movie, it'll make money. That's why it's the difference between being an actor and being a blockbuster star and being a movie star. It's like the difference between a wrestler and a star. True. Like Will Smith. Will Smith is not necessarily an actor. He's a movie star. He's a movie star. You put him in a movie, it's going to make fucking money. But there's only been a handful of movies where Will Smith actually did any real good acting. The Pursuit of Happiness. Was a good one, you know? Wow. Ali was good acting. Yeah. Even the movie he won the Oscar for, even though he didn't deserve it, for not for his acting, but for his behavior. For his behavior. Was was a good acting. And probably, people would probably respect it a lot more if he hadn't slapped Chris Rock. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Which, you know, that moment was fucking insane. And of course, there's been updates on that. I know we don't want to wrap this up, but fuck it. We're going to keep going for a while because I got some shit I want to say. But the thing is, like, ever since the slap has taken place, you know, we've been seeing updated stories and everything. Like, Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage. Uh, some guy at the Hollywood Bowl tackled him. Then he, then, but he barely got, he didn't get enough on it. 
him. He like he kind of went down, but then eventually Dave Chappelle was able to fight him off. He ran off. They chased after him. Jamie Foxx and a bunch of other people stopped the shit out of him in the back. That's why he needed an ambulance because they beat the fuck out of him. As well, you should. Why did he get attacked? Uh, the guy apparently was doing it to get media attention because his mom was sick with cancer. Oh. It's a weird fucking reason. Chappelle later talked, spoke to the guy, so he made amends with him, but they still beat the fuck out of him. I remember a bunch of comedians came out. Chris Rock came up on stage and went, was that Will Smith? <laughs> and he talked about like how like, dude, you got, you just got slapped. All I got was, I got tackled. And then Chris Rock said, I got slapped by the lamest rapper in hip hop. And that's the G-rated version of what he actually said. Cause the, the word he used, we can't use. So I'll use the Boochcast version to make it feel better. He got slapped by the lamest Niagara in hip hop. What? I heard about. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 I didn't say the word. I, I said I didn't say the word. I said the censored version. I said the censored version. It's not. That's that's how that that's how we work around that. Okay. We didn't say the action. He said the opposite of that that we would not say on this show. So we went with that. You know, so that happened. And then a few months later, Will Smith comes out with a video. Basically apologizing. Well, he asks certain questions. He answers questions from the fans as well to talk about it. And I thought, I thought it was, I didn't like the video. I was like, I don't feel like this is a real apology. I don't, I don't think it was a real apology. Well, I still like you and I still respect you, but you should not hit, hit uh, slap Chris Rock over a joke because your wife made you do it. And after this, I'm going to go pack up my shit and you wrap it up because I'm out of here. Yeah. And uh, it's this. It's like, look, Vinny is bald. I'm a red. I'm a ginger. Vinny, let me ask you something. How many times you get made fun of because you're bald? Not as often as you think. How many times do you think I get made fun of because I'm a ginger? Oh, every goddamn day. And you people like, Cork, I go like, call me. The broke soulless ginger. Other names like Carrot Top. Oh. Okay. Carrot Top. Okay. Brickhead. Okay. Um. Firecrotch. Okay. Leprechaun. Okay. I'm like, can you guys come up with something new? And that other oh, oh, trust me, I've been. Oh yeah, you. Oh yeah, you know, hey, cue ball, chrome dome, fucking, you know. Chrome dome's mine. That's mine. I've been called that a few times before I met you. <laughs> but here's the thing: no one's really made fun of me for being bald. You know, no one's really done that. I mean, I did have some people do the whole Uncle Fester jokes. Which is why I wrote that into my act. Uncle Fester. Because I was called that. And I know because Larry also got called Uncle Fester quite a bit when because he, he's bald. But I I never really got made fun of for that. I think it's because my when I when I had hair, I looked so ridiculous because it was receding and thinning out. I remember that, that. That when I finally shaved my head, I looked better. Like, yeah. like that's one of the things that Larry was trying to reassure me of when he wanted to shave my head originally. Mm -hmm. Was that we no longer live in an era where being bald is seen as being ashamed. If anything, it means you have more testosterone and it makes you more manly. I guess now, I can see that. Now, the ginger thing, that's mostly South Park. And that's why I'm glad that episode came out when I was an adult and not when I was if a kid. If I saw that, if I was, I was like, okay. Look, yeah, I'm a ginger. I don't care. Okay, folks. Vinny, I think it's time to wrap this shit up. There, my dear, good sir. Yes. So... Sorry, sorry for getting under your skin. I had to. You knew I was going to. From now on, on the Variety Show or any other recaps, maybe, I won't bring up Leo again. But when we're hanging out, I'll be like, I might rub it in there every once in a while. But you like what you like, and apparently what you like is crap. But that's okay. 
You know, he'll never fucking learn, man. Mm-hmm. All right. never understand either. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to wrap this show up. Zach, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. And um, obviously, we'll see you on the next one. Absolutely, sir. All right, there, everybody. Take care. All right. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Boochcast. We have archived episodes of shows as well as great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Boochcast. Get the least tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. Uh, make sure you guys uh, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we're still trying to finish up the last two videos of Dark Side of the Ring. We did two videos for a special project that we're working on, but I will be revealing it at the end of the steroid trial episode of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring. But we got two pro- two videos for a special project done over this weekend, so all that will be coming to the YouTube channel soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. We have our live wrestling watch parties. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 2nd, for nights 1 and 2 of WrestleMania 39. That's right. We're going to be getting together for the biggest wrestling event of the year. It is a two-night spectacular, which means there will be a watch party on both nights. We will have a watch party on Saturday, April 1st for night one, and on Sunday, April 2nd for night two. So join us both nights on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Also, be sure to check out our D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, as well as another special treat that we got in the works. And of course, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have uh, three levels you can donate at. Pick the option that works best for you. The first option is 99 cents, $1 per month. Uh, This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend, but still would like to put a little skin in the game and help us out. Our second level is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We get better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a W Network subscription here in the United States. It was just over the Peacock. I know where to put that $9.99. Sit $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You don't have to pay on the credit card or with GPay. Remember, the least amount of money you donate is $1. The highest amount is $10. Pick your budget. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into our show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, any money at all, when this is all said and done, we use the rest of the money to feed this stubborn bastard his ramen noodles, which he's clearly starving for right now. And we try to get him laid despite the fact it is a constant failing effort. He just keeps taking L after L after L after L after L. We want to get him a W, but first he has to find a way to finally give up the D. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby!
Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.